1: just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketship fm twenty four. That's pork porkbun p o r k b u n dot com forward slash rocketship fm twenty four. You'll save a dollar on your next domain.
0: Michael, do you remember the motto or proverb from Spider-Man? I think some call it the Peter Parker principle.
1: The Peter Parker principle. Oh, wait, I actually think I do remember this one. Is it something like with great power comes great responsibility? Was that it? That's exactly it. Yes, for sure. But the real question is, do
0: you know the product manager's motto? Something coined by our friend Dan Olson, author of the Lean
1: Product Playbook. Um, well, he's almost Spider-Man, but um, <laughs> no, you're going to have to remind me of that one.
0: All right. The product manager's motto is with great responsibility comes no power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one hits home that (laughs) for sure i think it rings true for me too i mean hey product people are often responsible for so many things when it comes to delivering on product but oftentimes nobody even technically reports to us
1: yeah it's it's definitely one unique aspect of life as a product manager yes but today we're actually
0: going to talk about how to make that transition into a product role that does have some responsibility and the power to We're going to be talking about important considerations to make when you're transitioning from product manager to product leader. There are definitely some important distinctions to make.
1: Yes, there sure are. Well, let's dive right in then, shall we? Welcome to Rocketship.fm.
0: Rocketship FM FM is produced in
1: partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belcito. So you said today's episode is going to cover the nuances of being a product leader. Is that right? Yes. Yes,
0: it is. And this is another one of those industry specials, so to speak. The the final in a bit of a trilogy of episodes that we've been producing as throwback episodes from past editions of the virtual edition of Industry, the product conference. We figured that since Industry Virtual is coming up, we may as well take a trip back through time and relive some of the best talks we've had at some of the previous editions of Industry Virtual and today's will be one of them
1: well great and
0: yeah industry is pretty much right around the corner isn't it yeah it is it's october 5th and 6th uh we're gonna have product leaders from tiktok peloton asana it's gonna be great and actually i'll, I'll throw it out one more time <laughs> if people go to industryconference.com slash virtual use the code rocket Chip, you could save a little bit on your pass we figured we'd make
1: things a little
0: easier for the rocket Chip listener so hopefully we'll see some of you out there
1: yeah i mean we better <laughs> no just kidding so today's episode who
0: does it feature well we're gonna go back to earlier this spring and well i'll let him introduce himself right
1: here
2: hi everyone my name is jules i'm a product leader at youtube and before that i was a product leader at slack where i spent almost four and a half years
1: ah jules walter a product leader at youtube formerly from slack and Rocket listeners, you may also remember Jules from our season on Product Journeys. We covered the product journey of Black Product Managers, an organization that Jules runs along with Mariana Quiglis and Brittany Bankston.
0: Yeah, Jules is awesome. Somebody who I've been wanting to get involved with industry for quite some time. I was pretty pumped when we could finally make it work. And here Jules talks about the nuances of transitioning from product manager to product leader. And here he recalls what that transition actually looked like for himself.
2: I remember when I first became a product leader at Slack. Up until then, I was hired as a early PM at Slack. And as the first PM on the growth team, I had a really strong track record in terms of driving impact through a bunch of experiments and product changes. I had been able to improve the activation for Slack. I was also able to improve uh, paid conversion for the company. And over time, as I ship more and more impactful product changes, I was given more and more responsibilities. And every time I was given those responsibilities, I was very quick in stepping up to the next level and meeting such exceeding expectations. That was until I made that transition from senior PM to product leader.
1: And I'm sure that transition wasn't easy. The role of a product leader versus a product manager, it's actually kind of tricky, right? Not everybody can make the transition well. Heck, not everyone should make that transition. Some are simply better at being a great product person versus a product leader. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, The role of a product leader, well, it's just different.
2: I realized that it wasn't that I got a job that was harder. It was completely different. And if you look at various dimensions of the role, it becomes more apparent why it is a different job to go from a senior PM role to a product leader role. Uh, When you're a PM, you typically have one feature or product that you're responsible for. And as you become a senior PM, you still have one feature slash product. It's just a bigger product. But then when you get to a product leader level, you're not responsible for just one product. You're actually responsible for a portfolio of products. Uh, The other thing is, if you look at the actual team and the engineering complexity, The complexity from PM, senior PM, the product leader is also not linear. So as a PM, you're managing or influencing like one cross-functional team, like with engineers, designers, et cetera. But then when you're a product leader, you actually have multiple edge teams whose work you're influencing. And once again, it's a different job once it becomes not one, but multiple edge teams and the complexity um, from a technical perspective is different. Uh, And then in terms of stakeholder complexity, um, it also is very different because as a PM you're focusing on really managing your team most of the time, whereas when you become a product leader, you spend a lot of your time managing cross-functional relationships, which takes a different skill set because those cross-functional folks, as well as these other teams, they have different objectives, they have different level of context about the work that you're doing. And lastly, the impact that's expected of you is also much higher and much different in nature. As a PM or a senior PM, you're in charge of moving feature level or product level metrics. Whereas as a product leader, you're in charge of moving company level metric. And in many cases, the way you move company level metric is not just by making product changes. You also need to think about other levers beyond product that that you should be using
1: overseeing multiple products, working with different teams, even outside of the product org, looking at metrics differently, even having an entirely new set of metrics to manage. These are all unique aspects of what life is like and what should be important to you when you make the transition to a product leader.
0: And as somebody who's made that transition before, Michael, is there any sort of analogy that you could compare the transition to?
1: An analogy. Let's see. Well, in a way, it's sort of like transitioning from star actor or actress to becoming like the director, right? As a lead in a feature film, you're actually the one producing. You care very much about your lines, maybe how your acting affects those who you're interacting with, but as a director, you're looking at the bigger picture. While the star actress is performing, yes, you care how she's reading her lines and interacting with others, but you're also thinking about how this scene is impacting the other scenes that haven't even happened quite yet. You're looking at the background actors to make sure that they're augmenting the scene the way they should be. You're keeping tabs on just about everything. I like that. I, I really like that. I
0: think it's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Uh, Joel's actually has another way to look at it as well.
2: One analogy that I use to sort of help people understand that this transition is different, is that of a going from a player on a team to going from a coach. In some cases, in reality, player and coach. But what it entails is that what enable you to have impact before is no longer true and you need to find new ways uh, to drive impact.
0: So, when you're thinking about it as transitioning from star actor to director or player to player coach, the important thing here is that we have to understand that being a product leader is a different role altogether than being a product
1: manager. Let's take a pause here to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country, or invent a talking pillow at&t business eventually talked him into the pillow thing and backed by a reliable network the only network with built-in security controls sleep with rain was a hit take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com that's business.att.com
0: okay before the break we started learning from jules walter product leader at youtube and formerly slack on the nuances of being a product leader and what's important about making that transition from product person to product leader.
1: Jules gave a good overview of those differences, those nuances of being a product leader. And now he starts to go a bit deeper. He starts talking about the actual things he started to do when he became a product leader, what the actual day-to-day looked like when he made that transition himself. He even realized that he had to start living in the future.
2: Before I became a product leader, A lot of my time was spent on this quarter's work or the next quarter's work or the, you know, just a few quarters. But then as I became a product leader, I realized I actually needed to think not like actually more than a year um, in the future. And I needed to spend a lot of my time living in the future. And that was a big transition for me. And then the other thing is, in order to do that, then I had to actually carve out time. So even though I was really busy because of all these new tasks, I needed to think about how do I create time to think strategically to really plan those bigger bets? And you need at least 20% of your time. So if you're spending, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 hours, you probably need, I'd say like 10 hours a week, uh, just thinking strategically, which is a ton of time, but is what is required uh, oftentimes for success. And then I also needed to spend time with other leaders um, throughout the company in order to understand what they were working on, what their strategy was, what the challenges they were facing were, and how I could potentially help them or work with them. And this is a big shift in mindset.
1: Spending more time on strategy, spending more time with other stakeholders. These are the things that are required of you once you make that move and become a product leader. Yes, and we're going to come back to this notion of
0: spending more time with people outside of the immediate product team. This is really important. But first, one thing that stands out is that a lot is required of us at the product leader stage. We're taking on so
1: many more responsibilities. Just managing it all can be a daunting challenge. It's very true, but this is why relying on others on your team, delegating, it's so important.
0: Jules actually does touch up on all of the things that are needed to do when it comes to your team right here.
2: And these things include, you know, hiring. So initially I got promoted. Now I, I need to expand the team. I was spending probably 20% of my time every week, just like interviewing candidates for multiple months. That took up a lot of time. Then it's things like, how do you think about assigning projects to people so that it helps their career, but also helps you get impact? It's coaching the team, setting expectation, uh, and it's also just like giving context um, to the team. So there's a lot of things that you now have to do on top of the driving the impact that you were driving. In order to actually manage to continue driving impact, especially at the next level, it no longer makes sense to just work and work and do everything yourself. You just literally cannot because there's only so many hours in the week. Now you have to give executive updates all the time. You have to do all these other things, you just don't have time. So there are a few important shifts that need to happen from an execution perspective. At a high level, the takeaway here is that you need to empower your team and delegate more. Uh, In practice, um, some of the things that I did were identifying people on the team, both product managers, but also engineers, designers, and others who are willing to take on more. And then talking to them one-on-one, hey, you know, there's these things that you need to get done. Would that be of interest to you? Would it help your career? Like, is that the kind of work that you're interested in? And sometimes you actually realize that there are many people who are more junior also from on, in other functions who actually want to do more and are happy to do it. So find these people, give them the work, and then In many cases, you'd be pleasantly surprised to see how well they do it. In some cases, better than you would have done it
0: yourself. It's about delegating more, maybe even more importantly, it's about empowering your team, putting the work in front of them that can actually elevate their career. Doing that, you're helping yourself, you're helping your team, you're helping the product people working for you. It's one of those triple win situations.
1: That's great advice all around for sure. The more empowered your team is, the more they actually want to take things off your plate. Then they end up taking on more because it actually does benefit them along with the rest of the team. A hundred percent. And Jules
0: actually has one more quick thing to add to this point.
2: You need to constantly think about improving the team in the same way that before you were thinking about improving yourself. A lot of it falls into people management, but even if you're not a people manager, there are a lot of things that you need to think about. You know, what are the team's processes? Do we have the right people? Um, do we Are we planning in the right way? Are we investing in, in the right um, initiatives and so on? So it, you have to keep doing that so that you can actually have more leverage and so that the team can be much more effective at execution.
1: So your own product team is important but it's important to start thinking about what your team actually means. Yes,
0: it's not just the designers and developers that used to roll out that new product feature with. Your impact now flows through the entire organization. You have even more responsibility. You have to collaborate with even more teams internally. Here's Jules with more on this.
1: You need to
2: rethink how you approach leadership. And in particular, you need to go from a team-focused based approach to leadership to a cross-functional leadership mindset. Maybe you're in charge of a team and you really focus on your your team, but then later your scope increases to not just team one, but team two and three, and you have to be responsible for that team. You have to be their leader and really pay attention to them. But on top of that, you also have that horizontal responsibility of keeping in touch with teams four and five, which may or may not be in your org because the work starts to overlap. What happens is your scope as a product leader increases so much that it starts touching on other people's scopes. The work that you're doing will impact other teams, or it will require help from other teams in order to deliver on the impact that's expected of you. And as you have those now cross-functional dependencies, then you need to actually nurture those relationships. This is really hard. It actually was hard for me at the beginning because I like to be efficient, you know, I really love just taking care of my team. And now suddenly the work I'm doing on monetization impacts sales, you know, that it didn't before, it impacts marketing, it impacts other teams at Slack because we need to think about things like packaging, et cetera. So I had basically to spend a lot of time with other leaders outside of my team in order to just make things happen. Um, So these relationships are really important and, in many cases, it becomes perhaps more important than spending time with your team. And the reason is, as a product leader, your product is not just your product. Your product is actually more your team itself. And that product is used by the organization, which is your customer. So these other teams are actually, be, they become your customer. And as Slack, as I was in charge of building an infrastructure the enterprise team, also needed to make sure that billing works well for them. So they became my customer and just like any, just any good product manager, you need to think about what are the needs of my customer? How do I keep them happy? And you need to spend time with your customer. And that's why those cross-functional relationships are so important.
1: I like thinking about the product you now manage as a product leader. It's not a technical product. Your product is your team, right? And it's so important to continue to develop and iterate
0: that product yeah and it also becomes even more important as Jules points out to almost change the definition of what we might have for our team because again now our impact is felt throughout the rest of that organization
1: all right let's take a quick break we'll be right back with more from Jules Walter Before the break, product leader at YouTube, Jules Walter, started to walk us through all the nuances of transitioning from product person to product leader. He talked at length about the differences in the actual work we do as product leaders, as well as how we now have to think about the teams that we're working with.
0: But there's one other big responsibility that we always sort of had, but now we need to approach differently, and that's strategy. Here's Jules with more on how product leaders need to approach strategy.
2: How do you approach strategy differently? And in particular, you need to go from taking strategy for granted, like company level strategy, and instead being a key influencer of that company level strategy. And a big part of it is because the expectations are higher, you need to move company level metrics. And in order to do that, you then have to influence company level strategy. In practice for me, what that meant was, how do we think about bigger bets, that can have bigger impact. And the thing with bigger bets is that they typically take longer. They're multi-quarter projects. They also typically require more resources. And in particular, resources beyond just like product. You know, they require resources from other functions, from other teams. Uh, and in order to justify slash negotiate for those resources in this time, to implement those bets, you actually need to come up with a very clear and compelling vision. You can't just rely on iterative results that then buy you more time. You need to have a very clear vision so that the company can tell you, yes, that's fine, you can spend multiple quarters on this and also here are additional resources to help you.
1: Influencing company level strategy, taking bigger bets that have bigger impact, the stakes become much, much higher when we become product leaders.
0: They do, they do, and it's really just, a huge part of our role now and it's not like strategy wasn't a part of our role as product managers but Now we're no longer matching up the company strategy with our products, making sure they fit well. We're actually influencing that overall company strategy.
1: And all these things that we've heard Jules talk about, influencing company-wide strategy, collaborating with teams throughout your organization, heck, even delegating and hiring, these all take a different skill set from when you were serving as an individual contributor, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And Jules talks about how you can help yourself on this front, though. The first part is making an investment, so to speak, an investment for yourself.
2: You need to invest in a number of skills related to, you know, what I call EQ, like emotional quotient, as well as uh, you need to invest a lot in your communication skills. You need to start having more scalable communication artifacts. What happens is a lot of these other teams that you now need to spend time with, they'll ask you, what is it that you do again? Like, what's your strategy? What are your plans? And you need to have that written so that you don't have to meet all the time with teams to repeat the same thing. Uh, You also need to start providing more proactive updates through newsletters, uh, emails, Slack messages, any format that that makes sense for you. And then in addition to just the amount of uh, communication artifacts that you're investing in, you also need to take a different approach to communication itself. When it's your team, they have context on what you're doing. You don't need to remind them all the time you know, here's our mission, et cetera. But then with other teams, you have to think about very simple and memorable stories because they don't have the context at all. And then the other thing also is managing the perception of your team. As I said, if your product becomes your team, then you need to make sure that your user thinks highly of your product. And that's a skill that you, as a senior PM, you didn't necessarily have to use as much Uh, which is also another reason why people struggle when they grow from senior PM to product leader.
1: All right. One last point from Jules here on up-leveling your own skills, the skills that are important to becoming a product leader. Yes,
0: because it's not an easy thing to do. These skills aren't just easily acquired. The path to becoming a product leader, it's not a path that's so straightforward. So I was definitely curious how Jules went about putting himself in a position to make that transition to product leader. And? Well, he told me exactly what he did.
2: I sought mentors within my company, uh, but also outside the company. I also got an executive coach who was extremely helpful in helping me identify my own limiting beliefs, as well as the patterns that were holding me back. Um, And as you get advice from these mentors or coaches, then you'll be able to navigate complex cross-functional situations because it gets much more complex when it's not people on your team. It gets, quote unquote, political sometimes. And you need to just have that support system of mentors and coaches who can help you be effective, who can help you manage your energy, et cetera. And then the last thing that I recommend is as you think around influencing company level strategy start to spend way more time with other leaders at your company not just product leaders like you but also like you know the head of sales head of marketing talk to those folks understand what their pain points are understand their own strategy And that's how you're going to come up with much more creative solutions.
1: Well, all in all, making the transition from product person to product leader, it's not an easy transition. Heck, many people even fail at it. But learning about this transition and how to do it well from somebody like Jules Walter, who has done it successfully at major places like Slack and YouTube, well, we sure hope it helps you all.
0: Yes. And I hope these past few weeks, hearing from the very people that were on stage at Industry, even if it was a virtual stage. Jules Walter, Teresa Torres, Ash Moria. Hopefully got a lot of ideas flowing on your end. Once again, we'll have a dozen product leaders with us at this year's edition of Industry Virtual October 5th and 6th. You could save on tickets when you go to industryconference.com/virtual and use the code rocketship and you can keep
1: the learning going there. We have more bonus episodes coming up here on rocketship.fm before we start season 11. We'd prefer to keep you surprised for now, so tune in next week and you can see what's on tap. For Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm.